0: Too slow crack. Do you think these are tainted? I think they're okay. Okay,
1: <laughs> we got them from the local bodega, so we'll see. <laughs> All right. So, love sees color. Yes. Um, tell the people what we mean by that title and what we're talking about today.
0: Well, um, it stems back to you know the I believe it's the '90s, early '90s of love sees no color. That whole genre and how damaging. That was for people of color, mm-hmm. um, and so we thought it was important to talk about this topic today because it's definitely impacted my life more so than I thought it ever did. Um, and so, just think it's important to to shed light on what it feels like to be biracial, yeah, and have a white mother and a brown father, and grow up in a pretty much a white dominant family mm-hmm. for the most part. And just how damaging
1: the idea of like, I don't see race. We're all human beings. Like, yes, I'm I'm colorblind. Like how yes. damaging that way of thinking and moving through the world really is for people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it had a big impact on you.
0: It did. And you know, honestly, I didn't know that it did until later on in life when, um, you know, I was raised. Uh, by my mom, who is white, and um, I have two sisters that were also raised by my mom who are um, share the same dad. So, you know, three brown girls. She always got the whole like, oh, it was so nice that you got them all together, you know, adopted them all together. You know, she always got that shit when we were it's little so kids. It's so nice you got them all together. Mm-hmm. People...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know why I'm actually surprised, <laughs> because I... I do believe I can totally believe yeah. and see that but it's just like you weren't puppies no i children. know I know and this was like in the 80s so I was born 1980 and like it was just honestly like from my mom and my dad they were the first of on both sides of the family to to uh date or be with um people of you know people of color mm-hmm. or not or white people like my dad was with a white woman and none of his family were with white women. Or white people, um, and then my mom, same. Like, mm-hmm. she's has like what six other siblings, and none of them were with people of color. Hmm. So it was a whole big thing, and you know, so thank you, mother, for like you know, doing stepping out and <laughs> creating us. Appreciate it. Um, but I think we all were learning throughout our lives or throughout the child our childhood what it was like to be raised in a society the way that the society was back in the day Mm -hmm. you know yeah and all trying to figure out because my brother my older brother is white so there's that yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's white then there's three brown sisters and then I have a little brother who's also white so it's just and then my mom's white and she raised us all so I don't know I think growing up that um got lost Our color, Mm -hmm. our skin color, being able to express ourselves, be proud of our skin color, be proud of our heritage, our dad's side of the family. Yeah, Because I didn't get raised with my dad's side of the family. I got raised by my mom, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it was was a lot. And, And my mom, you know, her whole thing was... The whole thing of love sees no color, like she thought maybe she was doing a good thing by not noticing or not having us like point out that we were brown or we were different Mm -hmm. than her, you know, as far as color goes, you know, maybe she thought she was doing a good thing, but it was not a good thing.
1: (laughs) What ways do you feel like it impacted you or what ways do you feel like you were
0: damaged by that? I think in the long run, I just didn't really have a sense of identity. Hmm. You know, like, um, I'm clearly brown, (laughs) you know, I'm clearly fucking Asian on the outside. You know, this is what people see. This is how I present myself. It is, it is what it is. Um, but for me on the inside, I, I had the same kind of idea as my mom had throughout my life. Like, we're all the same. Like, I was a victim of, or I was also a love sees no color type of person Mm -hmm. for the longest time. Like I didn't want to see other people's color. I I thought that might be damaging to them or, you know, you're more than just your color and, Mm -hmm. you know, all like pretty much what I was raised. I, I fucking drank the Kool-Aid on that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that
1: was really a thing in the eighties and nineties. I mean, I'm white, grew up in a white family, grew up in a pretty white neighborhood and Went to, like, my early elementary school was, like, very, like, focused on, like, multicultural education, Mm -hmm. which sort of Mm -hmm. just falls into the same thing. Like, one race, human race. Right. And we were kind of taught that it's not polite to see color. Mm -hmm. That somehow it's rude to notice that someone has a different skin color than you or is a different ethnicity. Yeah. Yeah. when really, I feel like it's extremely rude in the other direction. Yes. You know, because it's like you're erasing the, like, who somebody is. Right. And using whiteness as, like, the normative. Right. Right. Like, I don't see color. We're all the same is just a way of saying, like, I'm comfortable with whiteness and whiteness only. Yeah. And we're all white,
0: I guess. I, yeah. That's, I don't fucking know. It
1: doesn't make like, any sense. It's yeah. like kind of cruel in this passive aggressive like disguised as well intentioned kind of thing but the truth is like you look different than your mom and walk through the world differently
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: because you're brown
0: yeah and i there were things experiences as a kid you know growing up in school and you know being called names and um that you know horrible like fucking you know Fucking names, you know, but I've never heard you talk about that. Actually, oh well, I'm not gonna like repeat the no. <laughs> no <I'm
1: not> <laughs> yeah, too, but it's more just I never, I've never heard you talk about like being teased for being different.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. They always, you know, kids are mean, and they just say things, and, and then the fucking, you know, racist fucking names. What I was called, but I was always one of those um, kids, and I still am one of those people that I just like. I don't let shit like that, like get to me. So yeah. it didn't really like ruin or I didn't feel bullied. I didn't feel like attacked or anything like that. I just thought it was fucking stupid or stupid fucking kids, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I-, I wasn't affected or impacted as much as my sisters might have been. Um, because again, I was on that whole other side of it where I'm like, we're all <laughs> one, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm just like, um, but now I, you know, and I'm still definitely working on. Finding more about myself, finding more about my history, my family history, my dad's side of the family, claiming myself, claiming all sides of myself. I mean, it's definitely still a process, you know, um, because it took me a long time, like literally in the last few years that I've been able to... um, talk more openly or be more woke, I guess. And I think sure. a lot of us are more woke than we were back in the day. You know, I was definitely a racist piece of shit back in the day. <laughs> but I mean, I was, look at the people that I hung out with, you know, or. Yeah. Like, uh, were you
1: just adapting to mm-hmm. what was around you? I almost wonder if it was like adapting to what was around you as kind of a survival strategy. Like, yeah, I don't want
0: to be called these names.
1: Yeah. I thought it I was better to, than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Better than these um, racist slurs like I'm better than that. You know what I mean? Um, And then I did that to other people, you Mm. know, and it's just it's a horrible thing. And I know a lot of uh, people of color go through this and there's like colorism and and things like that. Right. Or like hating your own race or things like that. And um, I was just a teenager. So I was probably just. You know, with all the fucking jocks and shit. That was my crew. That was who I hung out with back in the day. And so, yeah, you know how jocks are. <laughs> They're fucking assholes. I do. <laughs> I
1: worked real hard to avoid them <laughs> my whole life. Yeah. But part of the impact on you was feeling like you weren't allowed to claim your whole self. hmm And I'm curious, like, what are the parts of you that um, you felt like you weren't able to claim or that you've been working to like connect to and, and like discover more of now.
0: Um, More so my Filipino
1: heritage,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, my, again, my mom's white and my dad is Filipino. However, my dad is really, I mean, he's first generation, but he's not, you know, he's very Americanized. Um, And so it's hard because growing up, I didn't get a lot of, um, I don't know, I I wasn't taught a lot of my that side of the family. I had my grandma who was amazing and Mm. I miss her and I wish like I like really appreciated her more when she was alive because my grandma from the Philippines like came here and she fucking that is where I felt the most like getting the culture, you know, Uh like the real deal, like she cooked all the time, always had something on the stove all her fucking, all of her furniture was like covered in plastic. (laughs) (laughs) And she had those swan pictures and everything was red and gold. And, you know, it was just like, like the real fucking deal, you know? And I really like, I was like, thank God for my grandma. And I just like, anytime I hear like a Filipino accent, I'm like, I got grandma, you Mm -hmm. know, like Mm -hmm. she was the best. And, um, and we spent so much time with her as, as kids, because every time, every summer we would get dropped off at my Dad, or or, every summer I'd have to go to my dad's, which meant staying with my grandma Uh (laughs) for six weeks, you know? And so that was a lot. I was able to experience a lot of Filipino food, um, and it was really good until I found out what it was. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) eating cow tongue. Um, But that was really good. Um, So, and then, you know, throughout as I grew up, you know, she died when I was what, maybe 20, I think, or so. But um, I wish I would have known to ask her more questions about yeah. her life and where she came from and how it was in the Philippines. And I think all of my cousins have been to the Philippines except for us, except for my family, my dad and my sisters. Your sisters? Yeah. We hmm. haven't been there yet. my dad hasn't even been there. Well, if this goddamn pandemic ever ends that would be a that'll be an amazing trip. i really want to go um and it's weird because i'm still like mm, mm, mm. like there's a push and pull with like am i filipino enough or huh you know like i or i'm definitely not like my color and my skin is not white but i'm definitely american you know and sure. i always thought it was such a oh when people would it's horrible i'm gonna go here but when people would like say I'm Asian, you know, and I am just I'm like, no, I'm American, you know, which I am. Mm-hmm. But there's always been a thing of not claiming that side of me.
1: Why do you like think- it was
0: like a shameful side of me? Okay, so it was like, no, 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 no,
1: I'm not. I'm American. Like, yes, quick, like someone c- notices that you're Asian, says you're Filipino, and like a quick piece of shame kicks and that makes you want to push that away. Yeah. What do you think? Like? at the time you teenager kid surviving, it all makes sense. But like, what do you think that was about now?
0: I think it was just how I was raised. Cause like my mom was always like, why does it matter? You know, anytime we would describe somebody that they're Mexican, Filipino or Brown or black, she's all, her first thing is, why did you have to say that? Why did you have to mention their race? You know? And I'm like, because that's part of who they are. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and so We were shamed for noticing that about other people and like, hello, how? (laughs) we're not noticing that, meaning we're not noticing that about ourselves or being allowed to notice that about ourselves. And it's like, I'm clearly brown, you know, I'm clearly looking this way, you know, I have a Filipino nose, I'm fucking brown and I cannot, I'm not allowed to say that you know so of course there's gonna be shame or when anybody like pointed that shit out to me I was just like no I'm American and my eyes aren't slanted and my you know what I mean like it was just so toxic now that I think about it because it's all fucking beautiful but I was so like it was all clearly projection of how I felt inside Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know of like the mistreatment that, that I put on others because of my own shit about it and like no I'm Because American society, the way they portray Asian women, like you have to like, you know, Japanese women, they're like, oh, they're they're either over sexualize them or make them like funny and like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's some bullshit, you know, and say and so it's like, that's what I was raised in. So I didn't really fully take pride in that. Totally. No. And being Asian,
1: you know? Yeah. Like Asian women and black men are like the most fetishized by white people in this way that's just, like, so dehumanizing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know? And so very, like, where do you fit? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you don't have any parents, like, directing you or guiding you.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> other oh, other friends of mine who are multiracial or biracial have talked about this feeling of, like, wasn't white enough and I also wasn't enough of, like, whatever their, right. whatever their other race is. Right. So this feeling of, like, um, not fitting anywhere. And mm-hmm. it seems like that would be so alienating and so confusing.
0: It is. And so you pick a side, right? Like, oh, I picked picks. a fucking... I hate that I had up. to, like, pick a side. like, yeah. And it was, like, my, um, my white side, I guess. You know? Because I don't... That's really where the, everybody that I hang out with. Like, my brother, who's my older brother who's white has, he like speaks other languages, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and he hangs out with all, like every fucking Asian here knows who he is. Like Mm -hmm. we all say that he's more Asian than us because he is, he like dove into the culture. All of his friends, you know, he would stay the night at their house and he, their family, you know, they all live together with the grandma and the mom and everybody lived Mm -hmm. together and he would have that, you know, um, kind of upbringing with people that lived across the street from us. And, it was just. It's just totally different and very fucking confusing, you know. Um, and yeah. just the
1: idea of having to pick a side that's like seems like it would just it leads to like self betr- like self betrayal
0: in a way. Yeah, because you know? why can like, I be losing. all of these right. things, you know? Right, and um. Yeah, I mean, it's the fucking question that I'm sure a lot of us Asian women get um, or mixed kids or mixed people get is like, what are you? What are you? What are your ties
1: to America? Yeah. Do you remember?
0: Yes. My sister got asked that question when she came up to visit in Portland. She's just sitting at a bar minding her fucking business. And this guy literally asked her, what are your ties to America? And she's like, I was fucking born here. You know, like yeah. we always get like, what are you? where are you from? Like, no, really, where are you from, though? And I'm just like, are- how do you answer? So how do you answer that question? Like, how? Do- what's your way of telling people to fuck off when they're asking- I mean, I tell them I'm from California. Yeah. And they're like, no, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from California. And then do you just stare at them till they go away? And then, well, yeah. Or they're like, or are you trying to ask me if what my ethnicity is? Because I'm half Filipino, half white, you know, and I, I will let them know. But it's just like, Some people slip a lot. There's still a lot of people that slip and they're all like, are you, you know, that oriental girl? And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, I had to correct my coworker the other day. And I'm like, don't say that. You mean Asian? Like, don't fucking say that in front of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's still, we all know it's still a, it's a thing. It's a big thing. Um, And now it's even more so with COVID and, you know, the Asians are getting attacked and shit like racist. Ugh. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot because then there's a side of me that I'm like, do am I allowed to like, feel some type of way? You know, what do you mean? Because for so long, I like ignored that part of myself. Okay. And okay. I, and not maybe ignored, but maybe conditioned to ignore that side of myself.
1: So are you allowed
0: to feel Im- like impacted by? Racism? Am I allowed to feel like? asian you know am i asian enough am i fucking filipino enough i don't you know like am i allowed to like post things about asian stuff
2: i'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis so i like to focus on making sure i have high quality staples and whether you like a fresh face full glam or somewhere in between you've probably seen thrive cosmetics viral tubing mascara I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever.
1: I don't know. I mean, I just want people to know, like, as Raina's asking that question, there's like tears in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about thinking about that. Like that
0: It's weird. That's a, <laughs> to,
1: that's a huge thing to have to walk with.
0: Yeah. I just. It's really confusing. So uh, But and you know, especially lately, I've been trying to like really learn more about myself and like ignore, try to unlearn so much shit I've been conditioned with my whole life. Yeah. Undo the programming. Yeah. And so I'm like learning more about my family and my dad's side of the family and my Filipino side of the family. And I recently got this fucking tattoo on my wrist.
1: <laughs> Tell, explain to explain to folks what it is because it's beautiful. And um, while you're thinking of what you want to say, I'll I'll say the day that Raina got this, I get a text from her like <laughs> waiting to get tattooed again. She's been getting, she's been decorating <laughs> herself. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Cool. What are you getting? And um, you were like, I just woke up feeling like my ancestors were talking to me and I'm, so I'm getting this very significant to your culture tattoo. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember thinking like, damn, that is so cool and special for you. And especially cause I know you and I know how much you've been working to like connect to and claim that part of your identity without shame or guilt or questions about whether you deserve it mm-hmm. or are allowed to, which you are. And you know, all of that. But yeah. I just was like, Oh, that, I can't wait to see this. It's going to be so cool. And it's a really powerful tattoo and a really powerful story if you feel like telling it. No, I
0: do because, you know, I actually woke up um, knowing I wanted to get a tattoo. I just didn't quite know what I wanted to get that day. But I just had a sense that, you know, I've really been listening to myself lately and really tapping into my spiritual side and just just trying to sit and listen. So I um, was just looking, you know, on Pinterest, like thinking of ideas. And then I came across... But I've been wanting to get some tribal, you know, uh, for a long time, um, Filipino tribal for a long time. And then... And then everything just kind of came together and it was such an, uh, I was like, okay, like the guy that I got the tattoo from, it's the same day call in only. So I was like, well, okay, I'll call in. If I don't get it, then it's whatever, you know, it's not meant to be or whatever. But I called in, I got in. I'm like, oh yeah, yay, you know? And then, then I started doing more research on on exactly what I wanted and why I wanted to get it. So uh, I got three pieces. One is a centipede, one is a snakeskin, and one is the ladder. Uh, and they're all tribal um, tattoos from my part of um, the Philippines that were m- where my family is from because you don't have any colonizer in you no know. which is crazy yeah. I mean I haven't done a DNA test myself but my sister has so I'm assuming like it'd be sure. relatively the same we have the same father what is the part that you guys are from uh, We are from the biggest island in the Philippines is I don't know so, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing any of this correct, but it's Luzon, L-U-Z-O-N. It's the biggest, it's like the North Island and it's like Ilocos Norte or something. I'm Ilocano. Um, so we speak Ilocano and the major dialect in the Philippines is Tagalog, but we're Ilocano. And my family is from the mountain region. Um, and, um, I think it's Abras, I think is the, I think is the name of the land. But anyway, what it comes down to is my sister's DNA is indigenous. Like there's no, there's no tainted anything. It's like Mm -hmm. 50% Filipino, which is insane. Yeah. And then like, she did this whole family tree project. She's been like interviewing all of our Filipino side of the family, finding out more and more about our, our heritage. And, we're actually indigenous to this part of the land, so basically, these tribal tattoos that I got, I'm pretty sure like my ancestors had these, mm. you know, which is amazing. And like, I just think back in time. Um, but if if people are into the into tattoos and you're and you know about stick and poke, and there's like this famous 101 uh, year old Filipino lady, and and that is where she's she's at, that's in the in Luzon, in the fucking mountains, in the Cordillera region where I'm from, doing stick and poke of these fucking tribal tattoos. And she has them all over her body. Yeah, I saw the picture. We'll post we'll post pictures of Rena's
1: tattoo, pictures of the woman you're talking about. She yeah. looks like fucking
0: badass,
1: like the way she's staring at the camera. Yeah. Like when the picture you posted, I was like, ooh.
0: Yes. She's yes. fucking beautiful. And it's just it's so – everything just like – like I learned this all – that day when I I just Mm -hmm. started like listening and getting all this information and information and researching and I'm just like oh my god it just made me feel so powerful and like um I've been feeling like my ancestors have been around me for a little bit now ever since I started diving more into my spiritual side Mm -hmm. and when I think about my ancestors I always for some reason I I go back to my dad's side of the family I see them yeah you know I don't see my mom's ancestors I don't you know I just see. Like my grandma, and I see well that makes a lot of sense for does
1: it? I think it makes sense, well, from a spiritual perspective, mm-hmm. if you it makes a lot of sense. And then, from a like psychological perspective, it's the part of your part or parts of yourself that you were alienated from separated from, and there's a longing for that. Mm-hmm. and like that longing is bringing you home, yeah, to them and to yourself. Mm-hmm. and so. I think it makes a lot of sense. You're you're finding your way to the part of you that was alienated, yeah, and reclaiming her and bringing her home.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Yes, I feel that because, um, I just feel this strength of in my blood. I literally feel their blood racing in my veins. Mm-hmm. I just because I just feel like we are so powerful and so strong. And the way my grandma came here and what she had to endure to fucking be here come to america it was just a lot you know and yeah. um and what she had to see and you know she was part of the fucking um what was it which war was it world war ii i'm pretty sure yeah world War Two. that was when the japanese were over there right yeah yeah so she had to like see some fucked up shit and see a lot of her friends you know and their heads chopped off like it was just horrible thing Damn. that she had to go through and she was like working for the Japanese. Um they hired her to like um to like uh be responsible for letting people in and out of this camp, you know, or their town or something like that. And then but she she also let her friends in and out too. Like she helped people escape from that. Um hmm. and so as bitch. Just yeah. like you. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And so she's just she's an amazing woman. And I wish she was still here today. Um, but I think I'm definitely in the process of just learning more and more. And, you know, just even this tattoo, I look at it and I'm just like, I don't know, because it has a definite spiritual meaning behind it, because those tribal tattoos were given for, you know, either for, um Badges of bravery, or for spirituality, spirituality, spiritual guidance, protection. That's what all these tattoos are uh, represent. Like reaching the heavens, reaching achievements. The guys had them. The ladies had them too. Mm-hmm. Or like adornment and beauty. And that's crazy, you know. Yeah. And and they talk about the 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 painted, the painted people or whatever, you know, because they had so many tattoos, um, which is I don't know, which is pretty cool because like. I mean, I have a lot of tattoos, so yeah. I get I get it. <laughs> I just love like listening to you talk right
1: now and just like watching how you're like beaming with pride and excitement, like mm-hmm. talking about this just and then going back to your question, like, am I allowed to feel some type of way? Am I allowed to take pride? Like, yes, you don't need my permission. Yeah. You're the person that will answer that question for you. But like. There's there's just something about watching you talk about this part of yourself that is really cool and fun as your friend and someone who loves you. Like Aww. just what, like the look in your eyes, the like smile on your face. Um, I'm sorry that you spent so many years of your life
0: feeling like that had to be invisible. Yeah, me too. You know, me too. And I I think it was a little bit of everything. I think it was definitely. little bit of protection as well from like fuck you know we were not the norm back then (laughs) you know what i mean like we were not there was not a lot of mixed children back in the 80s you know what i mean um definitely not asian mixed children um so it's a lot and i'm i am reclaiming that side i mean it feels good it feels good so Thank you for noticing.
1: <laughs> I love that I get to to watch it unfold. Yeah. And I'm proud of you for being brave enough to talk about
0: all of this on the podcast. Um it's like real time, you know? Like this yeah. is happening like right now in yeah. my life.
1: 100%. <laughs> and I you're not the only biracial, multiracial person that has been raised by a white mom well intentioned or not, had these sort of colorblind biases put on you, had damage done because of that, like mm-hmm. felt invisible because of that. And so I think, you know, it's it's just really generous of you to share your story with our listeners because I suspect that there are people listening that are gonna connect pretty heavily to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who like me are white. Mm -hmm. And so you can't connect to the experience Raina's sharing. I want to just really challenge you to like, go back and listen to this again, like really listen to what she's saying about how this whole love sees no color, colorblind one race, the human race. Like I want you to really think about and understand how damaging that is. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound luxury. Like I'm so, like I'm a woke white and I don't have work <laughs> to do or like, I know everything. Cause that's not true. I have bi- biases. I've been unlearning that I will continue to unlearn mm-hmm. work, like a lot of work to Dang. do forever. Like that's how it is. So this isn't like a, like I challenge you to remember cause I'm better than you. It's more just like this is a really important story to understand. And if you've ever said something along the lines of, I don't see race, yeah. we want you to understand how hurtful that is, how much it erases somebody and like maybe open up a different channel in your brain for a different way to think about like why it's beautiful to see right. color.
0: Right. Color is beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and why there's nothing wrong with it by not by choosing not to see it uh, because that's it it is a fucking choice. Mm -hmm. Don't act like you don't see it. It's a choice. So choosing not to see it um, literally like that makes somebody feel like there's something wrong with them. You know, like it makes me feel like there's something wrong with me if like Like with my mom or whatever, you know, like choosing not to see or being able to identify with all of who I am. Like, oh, my God, I hate my fucking nose. I hate my freckles. I hate, you know, like I hate that I'm Asian. My hair color is too dark. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's all the things. And um, and it's all about like choices that we make every fucking day. Yeah. Like it's a choice to see these things or a choice not to see these things. And. Every day, just be conscious of those choices and how that impact might may land with somebody. You know, I'm sure my mom thought she was doing something good, um, Mm. or maybe she just didn't want to deal with her own uncomfortableness of it. I don't fucking know, but all I know is it did not do me good.
1: (laughs) You know, fuck. And that's what kind of matters. Like the intent of our actions doesn't matter if the impact is that someone's hurt, even if we yeah. have, I've for sure hurt people with good intentions. Mm-hmm. I know that I have racially and otherwise mm-hmm. like your good intentions are, don't matter if the outcome of them is harm. Yeah. It's just an important thing to remember.
0: Yes. And um, cause even my mom to this day has like, You know, she has grandkids and I hear her saying the same things to my to my niece and nephews, you know, like there was a chess tournament that my nephew was at and he looked around and he noticed there was a bunch of Japanese kids and he mentioned he's like, Oh, there's a lot of Japanese kids here. And then there goes my mom like, why does it matter? Hmm. Why does it matter that they're Japanese? And then I'm like, why because it matters. And I was like, why is it a problem? I think it's amazing that he recognizes it and acknowledges these human beings, you know, yeah. is there something wrong with them being Japanese, you know, like, don't, don't do this to him. And yes. he's a quarter Filipino, and he um presents as white, but he has a Filipino mom, you know, Um, and it's just like, stop it. <laughs> yeah, what it just, fucking matters okay what you just said is so important to you because uh, children
1: are like natural scientists uh-huh. really like they're so inquisitive and, they're, and their brains and our brains are built to notice difference uh-huh. so when we shut it down like yeah you're implying like it's bad to be black it's bad to be japanese yeah When you do that silencing and make the implication that to be anything other than white is bad. Yes. You're programming your white children with Mm -hmm. racist thoughts and you're programming your children who are black, indigenous, Filipino, Japanese, whatever, with Mm -hmm. thoughts that like something's wrong with them.
0: Yeah. So. I think it's beautiful that kids notice these things. And we are the ones that attach like, you know, if it's good or bad. Yeah. They're just like noticing it, you know. Kids are so cool. They are cool. Despite we our last episode talking oh, about not wanting I mean, or not
1: wanting them. We could
0: still love them. We
1: love them. <laughs> and, I, yeah, kids, the way their brains work, the way they see the world, like we, we would do well to enhance what they're noticing versus shutting it down.
0: Yes, for sure. Or I shaming think. them, yeah, yeah, for noticing that shit. Um, well, is there anything
1: else you want to – share about your experience or things that have been sort of like sitting heavy on you that you want people to know to think about to understand about the experience of growing up brown raised by
0: a white parent um you know I'm still learning myself so Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) I don't know you know, I think um, if we want to get to the the pearls, yes, at pearls this time of wisdom, <laughs> we thought of
1: a couple of things that might be good pearls of wisdom. Um, From Reina,
0: yes, yeah, just some things that I've learned along the way. You know, and I'm still learning. And um, but one of them, you know, that Megan was asking earlier about mm-hmm. white parents. Or, yeah, so I had asked,
1: you know, just having gone through this experience, what advice do you have for white parents who are raising black or brown kids?
0: I would say speaking as a kid of a white mother, um, I would encourage you to, um, step away from your own self and your own uncomfortableness around how you might feel bringing this up to your child or whatever. This is not, again, this is not your life. It's their life. And, um, just setting, like acknowledging their struggles or acknowledging, you know, that they're different and there's nothing wrong with being different. Like there's nothing fucking wrong with being different. Um, whether it's by color or by gender or by whatever, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I don't understand. And that's the biggest thing with parents is they just, and I'm not a parent, but I can only speak with my, for my own experience is, I just can see the uncomfortableness or, you know, like feeling embarrassed or just like uneasy, don't want to bring it up to their kid, don't want to talk about it, you know, but it's like, oh, it's being talked about. Yeah. You know, and and whether you want to be on that side of your kid and like help them foster this and like go through the world and know that there's absolutely nothing wrong with the color of their skin um, and that it's OK to like claim it and be all of that. I mean, that's would be my advice. That would be the advice that I still give my mom to mm-hmm. this day. Is like, it does fucking matter. It may not matter to you, but it matters to me. It sh- should fucking matter to you, you know, if you love them. You know, like, we're still, we got to walk through this fucking world like this, you know. We have a whole different experience. So when you say, does it matter, that you're saying none of my experiences matter. And that's some bullshit.
1: Got to talk about
0: it. Yeah. So definitely... Talk about it, acknowledge it, identify it, you know, and like ask what you can do. Mm -hmm. You know, how can I help you? You know, you're still figuring it out, too. It's okay. Like parents don't have to be fucking perfect with all the answers. They can just like ask their children. What do you need? What can I do? You know what I mean? I see you. Mm -hmm. How can I help you? I see you is probably like the biggest thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: The other question I had is if you have any advice for other people who have grown up biracial, multiracial, or are growing up biracial or multiracial right now, who are struggling with some of the same feelings of alienation. And I know you're you're like on the journey, but reached a destination. So Mm -hmm. it's not like you're like handing down wisdom from on high. No, I I think your story is so important. And any words pearls of wisdom you have
0: yeah could really help someone i mean i'm yeah like you said i'm still in it and so i get it (laughs) i fucking get how fucking confusing it is um if you're confused by it i definitely can relate big time um so the biggest thing for me is just like just like totally being kind to myself and you know um trying to like sift through what's important to me and for me like without all the shit that I was conditioned by another person my whole life. Like, what about me? Where do I, where do I fit in for myself? You know what I mean? And like being able to claim all sides, all parts of us, like again, color, gender, fucking spirituality, all of it. It's all everything, not just one. You don't have to pick one side. You don't have to be one thing. Everything can be very fluid. You can evolve. You can be different the next day. Like just, um, be patient with yourself and claim whatever the fuck you want to claim. Like this is there's no like I'm trying to really like take pride in my brownness, <laughs> you know, and it's still like, oh, am I allowed to? But and 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 I get it. Like you are allowed to, we are allowed to. Um we can do whatever the fuck we want. You know, get out of our we got to get out of our own way and get out of our own head, you know, and don't let other people's opinions or your parents' opinions or whatever stop you from being all that who you are. I love that. Thanks for,
1: again, for just being so open and vulnerable about it. Yes. With me and with the people listening (laughs) and y'all show Raina some love this week. Ah, You're brave, friend. You're brave.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you. You're brave as well. I mean, I know it could be hard, difficult sometimes, you know, like I don't know. Maybe because yeah. I see it, it's like my mom, you know. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I appreciate it giving me the space to to talk
1: yeah (laughs) well that's what we do here that's
0: what we do we talk about shit here So we talk
1: about (laughs) shit so we would of course love to know what you think of this episode and we would love to hear your stories so you can find us on instagram at don't talk underscore podcast um sh- has three H's, and you can also email us at info at yes.
0: Um Yes, we would love to hear your story on this. Um, we really, really would. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure it hits home for a lot of people. <laughs> so, um, this is what episode uh eight, eight. Yeah. So we got two more episodes, two more episodes of the season. In season one. Yay!
1: Um, so we hope we hear from y'all. And in the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Yep. And we'll talk to you soon. We'll
0: talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.